0: Fancy an Indian? <laughs> That's how they ask if you want to go get Indian food, which seems a little weird. Fancy an Indian? I'm like, no, you have to say Do you fancy want Indian getting Indian. Food? Do you want Indian? No, fancy an Indian. I, I fancy an Indian right now. Indian food's bang.
1: You just ate sushi. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> I'm always hungry. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 271. Up until 1916, Harrods of London used to sell pure cocaine to the general public. Now it just sells them wickedly overpriced merchandise. London is one of the coolest cities in the world to travel to for a variety of reasons. You have the museums, you have the shows, you have the culture, some would say the food. There's so much to do in London. London. But one of the things that I love so much about London is it's also very cheap to fly there. Whether you're coming from the US, you can usually get good travel deals. Whether you're coming from Europe, there's a lot of times you can travel into London for very, very cheap, whether you're going on budget airlines like Ryanair or EasyJet, or you're actually going on legacy carriers like American Airlines and British Airways. But typically, it's really cheap to fly into London compared to other cities in Europe. But what can really jack up the price of plane tickets is if you're bringing checked bags, especially if you're on those budget carriers like Ryanair and EasyJet. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg to bring on checked bags. And that's one of the reasons I only ever travel with just a carry-on backpack. So if you're looking for the best carry-on backpack out there, check out tortugabackpacks.com. They just came out with a new Outbreaker backpack. They have a 35-liter version. They have a 45-liter version. They also have a bunch of other accessories. So head on over. Check that out. Tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that'll get you 10% off your entire order. One,
1: two, three. Four. I'll show you Paris in the morning.
0: Travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who not only is letting me grow my beard to about homeless person length at this point, but actually seems to like it. My wife and constant travel companion, Heather.
1: (laughs) Well, I did encourage you to grow the beard because it's fun to see something different, it's not my favorite look though. I mean, I definitely like it more 5 o'clock shadow, but this it, is
0: like five. This is like five week shadow. No, much longer like than that. 3 month shadow. Yeah. I got my 3 month shadow going
1: on. Yeah, it's kind of intense. You look a bit like a vagabond.
0: That's right. A vagabond. <laughs> and that's perfect for today's episode cuz we are going to be talking about going around a certain area, traveling around a certain area like a vagabond. Although we didn't really vagabond around London. We had a nice place to stay. But we're going to be talking about London because a lot of people have asked us if we've ever done a Destination Diary episode on London, and the answer was no.
1: Believe it or not, I mean, we've been to London three times, and I, I can't believe we haven't done one yet.
0: So, now. We're doing it today. Um, if you guys are unfamiliar with the Destination Diary episodes, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you stick around and listen to the other 270 plus podcasts we have. But the Destination Diaries is our travel guide on the ground travel advice from what we did, where we ate, you know, where we recommend sleeping, what we did, where we like to drink, everything, like an unfiltered look at that area. And this is, big round of applause, our 20th Destination Diary episode. So that's kind of a a milestone.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it was really fun to think of all of our favorite things and places and food that we ate there because we were in London like how many months ago now? Like six or seven months ago?
0: Right. Usually we try to record... After we've been to that place, like pretty soon after, but this is, you know, we had to step back in the time machine, go through our notes, look up some stuff on Google Maps. Luckily, I had pinned a lot of stuff so I could remember all the names Um, and really take a look back at our our latest trip to London. So the other Destination Diary episodes, if you like this one and you're planning on going to any of these places or you've been to any of these places or maybe you're just dreaming about it. Here are some of the other ones or actually all of the other 19 ones that we've done, and they're a very eclectic range of (laughs) cities, countries, areas, things like that. Uh, We've done Destination Diary episodes on Barcelona, Ireland, Santorini, Greece,
1: Paros, Greece,
0: the country of Georgia,
1: the city of Chicago,
0: New Orleans,
1: Nashville,
0: Japan,
1: Cape Town, Chiang
0: Mai, Guatemala,
1: Guatemala,
0: Philadelphia, Philly,
1: (laughs) Portugal,
0: Santiago de Compostela,
1: in Spain, (laughs) Portland, Colorado, Croatia, and
0: our very first one was a Destination Diary episode on India. So if you like destination diaries, there you got nineteen other ones to listen to. And what we're gonna do, we'll break it down for you in a pretty somewhat systematic, but we'll probably go off on tangents as well. But we'll talk about getting there to London, getting getting into London, also getting around London. We're gonna tell you about, you know, where we recommend staying, of course getting to eating, drinking, our favorite activities. And then at the end of every Destination Diary episode, we give you our one can't miss. So each of us pick a can't miss. We give you the thing that we, yeah, you, if you went, you could skip, maybe it didn't impress us so much. And then something that we didn't get to do that we wish we had done. And we don't know each other's answers for that. So it's always fun because we get to react in real time to that. So you ready to get into Destination Diary episode? London? Absolutely. Let's talk about getting there.
1: So I think most people probably fly. <laughs> well, or they could drive, I guess, through the the tunnel uh, the, ch- the Channel Tunnel is. Yeah, it's they called. could also
0: take the train. <laughs> the train. There's a lot of ways you could get to London, but, but typically, if you're an American, you're going to
1: fly. You're going to fly, and usually you'll fly into Heathrow Airport, which is the biggest international airport around London. Uh, there are other airports, though, that you were talking about. Yeah, so you got, budget you got
0: Heathrow's kind of the common one that a lot of people get into. You have Gatwick is another international airport that a lot of times you may fly into if you are flying from other areas in Europe. Typically, if you're flying from North America, you'll you'll go into Heathrow, sometimes Gatwick, but, you know. And then there's also Stansted and Luton, Luton, Luton. I think they say Luton. Someone correct me on that. Um, and that is for a lot of the budget airlines. So one thing to be aware of, what's really cool is that London has all these options to fly into, which means you can usually get pretty good deals on flights there. But if you're flying on Ryanair, if you're flying on EasyJet, stuff like that, and you're coming from other places in Europe, make sure that you know where you're flying into because Stansted and Luton can be pretty far, they're pretty far afield. So if they're a cheap ticket, if it's 39 bucks to get to one of those airports, yeah. Also,
1: think about the cost of then getting to your final destination, whether it's in London or the countryside.
0: Right. So just be aware of that. We've had people tell us before, like, oh, I'm flying into London on Ryanair. It's cost me nine bucks. And then they get into Stansted. Nine bucks. Yeah, nine bucks, nine <laughs> pounds, whatever. I mean, it's really cheap. London has a lot of good options. But then they're getting into Stansted. They're getting in Luton. And it's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And they have to find a way to get there. And so it's not always easy. So just be aware where you're flying into. If you do fly into Heathrow, which is typically, I think, I think we flown into Gatwick once, but typically we went into Heathrow and there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a trick. I mean, its it's not really even a loophole, but there's just a good way to get from Heathrow down into center city of London, like to Piccadilly, and you can actually take the tube, their metro system, which is five pounds, 70 pence. It takes about 50 minutes, so five zero minutes. So it's definitely longer?
1: It is a little bit longer, but you'll see a lot of signs for the Heathrow Express because they obviously promote that more than just taking the tube. And that's only 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. 15, 20 minutes. But it's very it does quick. cost
1: 20 pounds. So it just kind of depends on your budget or how quickly you want to get into town.
0: Yeah. And that is one of the benefits of flying into Heathrow is you, you yeah, you can either get in really quickly or even, even the tube is not that long, 50 minutes and fairly cheap. For getting in to a major city from an airport, because a lot of times that can be expensive. When we're getting around London, I mean, the one thing that I would recommend is you're gonna want to take the. Tube. I mean it's very convenient. It's, it's pretty clean. cheap. It's, clean. it's
1: cheap. It's really easy to figure out. It's it's so nice and it can also connect to the overground trains if you're going outside of zone one and two. So it's just a really easy system and can get you basically anywhere you want to go.
0: Yeah, and we're not gonna get into the whole tube system. It it, it took us you know, you'll get you you'll get your bearings. Um Again, they they have a lot of different colored lines. I mean, they have names for them too. A lot of people refer to them as the color the color they are. That doesn't help me because I am colorblind. Um, but the the tube is pretty easy. And one cool thing about the tube is that if you get an Oyster card, which is just a prepaid card, you know, you like a you, reusable a reusable card. card. Yep, exactly. Uh, they will cap it at six pounds fifty to go within zones one and two for all day, so you don't have to buy. It's a little different. You are not buying a one day travel pass you're buying an oyster card that you can continue to use any day but they'll cap it so if you even if you took 52 brides in one day between in zones one and two it'll be capped at six uh, Six pounds, 50, which is yeah. really nice.
1: So definitely get an Oyster card. It does cost five pounds to purchase the Oyster card, but it's reusable. And I believe they give you the five pounds back if you have time to put your trade your card back in before you leave for the airport.
0: Right. So, so don't be scared by the tube. It's kind of, I mean, you kind of have to take it if you're going to be in London. You don't have to, but we would recommend it. Good, easy way to get around. As Heather mentioned, it's clean. I mean, this depends where you're coming from. If you're coming from the trains in Switzerland, yeah, it won't seem clean. If you're coming from the subway in New York gonna be like wow a big city with a somewhat clean um metro station so awesome yeah definitely take the tube there are ubers and taxis are pretty abundant and they're not that bad they're
1: pretty reasonable we did both we took their you know you should take at least one cute black taxi i mean they're like those really you know it's very london and they're not they're not too expensive i guess depending of course on how far you're going but also i mean we took uber rides from central London all the way to our friend's apartment, which is really far north. It's
0: near White Hart Lane. You're not going to go up there unless <laughs> you're going to a Tottenham game. There's no reason to go up there at all.
1: And between the three of us, I, I don't even remember think thinking it was, like it was 20, that bad at all. I think it was 24
0: pounds or something. Yeah. I mean, to go, yeah, it took about 50 minutes yeah. by, again, five zero. I don't know why I keep
1: 15, Just 50, 15 to 50, 50 minutes.
0: Uh, there is a bike share program as well. And their bike share program is really reasonable compared to a lot of other cities' bike share programs. And this is the typical, you know, you'll see them, there. they have the bikes and they're locked up and then you pay, you can take them out and you have 30 minutes to ride around. So it's only two pounds for a 24-hour pass, which is the cheapest I've ever seen. And you have, that gives you 30 minutes free. So you get out of one of the stations, you ride around for 30 minutes, you dock it back up. Obviously, you can come and go as you want. If you go over the 30 minutes, I think you pay two more pounds to get it up to an hour. So it's not like they crush you with all these fees if you're a couple minutes late. But a really good way to get around now, we would recommend maybe not getting it when you're down where were we? We were down like in Paddington area near whatever the main bus depot was. We got the bikes out we're like, oh, we're going to take this quick bike sh- like, stroll on these bikes. And we we're near the it main bus crazy. depot was mayhem.
1: Yeah. So it's not the most bikeable city, but if you know you're kind of in more of a neighborhoody area and you see a bike and you want to bike around, definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of neighborhoods, we're going to give you some advice on where to stay. Now, we will say that we've been there three times and The first time we stayed in a place out in West Kensington, it was just like a... This was, I mean, in 2006? Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was a long time ago. So it's 11 years ago. Airbnb didn't exist. No, and it was like a little boutique hotel. It wasn't that great. And worst of all, it was far.
0: It was far. So... Our three experiences have been staying at this little kind of cheap boutique hotel. I think it was like 50 pounds. I don't even know how it was that cheap. And it was fine, but it was, it was tiny. Then the second time we went, we stayed at an Airbnb with friends in an area called Elephant and Castle, do not stay in Elephant and Castle. Also, it is really far, far and there's and crappy.
1: Nothing cool around it at all. At least in Kensington, it's kind of a cool area. But Elephant Castle, not cool. And then the last time we were in London, we actually stayed with a friend, which was super fun, but also kind of a hike, as we said, in White Hart Lane, which is by the Tottenham Stadium. So. Basically, we we don't have
0: any recommendations on hotel, like specific hotels or hostels or guest houses to stay at. And uh, sorry about that. I mean, London has millions. So we would love to be able to give you like, hey, stay at this one or this one. But we do have recommendations on on the areas to stay. And that's probably just important. And if you narrow down the area you want to be in, there'll be options and then you can figure out which is the best option. So There are a few areas that we kind of picked out as being interesting for different types of travelers.
1: Yes. And if you're the type of traveler who likes to stay in kind of a hipster Brooklyn-esque type area, you definitely want to stay in Shoreditch or Hackney Wick because that is the hippest place in London. Apparently. I mean, we went there, and um, it we, was cool. And we had there
0: was a wedding there that we went to, and these people were big hipsters, and so they had their wedding in Shoreditch. Which was
1: beautiful and amazing. And it, was,
0: it was great. Um, you know, it's for a younger crowd, but it, it was cool. Hackney Wick has the benefit of being near the Olympic stadiums, Park. the Olympic Park area. So that's actually why that area has become... Kind of hip and a little more gentrified. When they brought the Olympics there, it made it a little nicer. Um, people, but people could still afford it, and so they moved in. And now it's yeah, it's all your like guys with handlebar muster- mustaches riding around <laughs> on penny farthing bikes and having like eight dollar lattes. But that's Hackney Wick and Shoreditch,
1: and it's cool. And so it cool. if you want to stay somewhere cool, you can stay there.
0: Um, if you want to be in kind of the middle of it all, I mean London for good and bad purposes, is a big, 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 big city. So if you're in certain areas, you're going to be far away. If you want to be in the middle of it all and just say, hey, I have a couple days. I just want to see everything. I might not even have to really get on a tube that much. If you're staying in King's Cross area or if you stay in Soho area right there, I mean, all the the King's Cross station is a huge one. So from there, I think you can get on every line. Um, you know, so y- yeah, if you want to be in the center of all – look at King's Cross Station. Try to stay near that. Stay in in the Soho area. That's where all the theaters and all. You'll be right there, and you can walk um to a lot, a lot of different stuff.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a really fun area. It might be a little crowded, a little loud, and a little expensive. Pricey. But, you know, especially if you only have a few days, it's a great option to stay. Now, if you want somewhere that's kind of posh for that really nice, you know, upscale London experience, at least in our opinion, the Chelsea area, Westminster area is really nice. Lots of little restaurants and shops and probably some cool boutique hotels as well.
0: Yeah, and this gets you out of the King's Cross and Soho area a bit to the west, but it's not very far, and it's yeah, it's elite, exclusive, expensive, very nice. Even if you're not staying there, go out there, walk around. Um, there's you know, there's some museums out there that we'll talk to in, uh, about in a little bit. But really, really nice area. And then, of course, a lot of people know Notting Hill. Again, another pretty, like, cool. The first time we went, I knew nothing about London. You were like, oh, we should go to Notting Hill because yeah, there's, there's a, a movie about a it. movie, right? Like, All right, and there's a Notting Hill station, so we went out to it and. Was, There's was like a farmer's market. It was exactly what I expected a place named Notting Hill to be like. So it was cool. Um, and really, yeah, like boutique and nice. You could grab, I'm sure, a pretty cool Airbnb out there. It might be a little expensive, but it it'll give you this quaint. London feel.
1: Yeah, I, I have to say, I don't think that accommodations in London are relatively cheap unless you are willing to stay pretty far from the center of things. Like the Airbnb we got out in Elephant and Castle was not expensive and we were sharing it with three couples total. So, I mean, you can find cheap stuff and I, I we've never stayed at a hostel there. I'm sure there are, are some decent hostels, but it's not a very cheap city for accommodations.
0: Definitely not. And the further you get out, the cheaper it'll get, but the longer it'll take you to to get downtown, so you just have to, you have to weigh those options. Um So those are just a few of the areas. Again, at, we'll just reemphasize that two of the areas that we did stay in before West Kensington. Not bad. This was a little far out, but I would, I would definitely suggest staying in West Kensington over Elephant and Castle because at least there was stuff around West Kensington mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, and that was 11 years ago. So our, our memory is a bit foggy, but it wasn't it wasn't bad um, yeah. in West Kensington. So those are a little bit about the areas. Of course, now it's time to transition into something we absolutely love, kind of the main point of doing these Destination Diaries, eating, drinking, and activities. And we're going to start with eating because— Which, you
1: know, is, I feel it like could be hard for Trav because he's always talked about how he doesn't like the food in England.
0: I don't. I still do not. And I want to <laughs> clarify, and I know I will continue to get ribbed by a lot of our listeners because this is one of the things that people, you know, come out with pitchforks and stakes um, against me uh, with. Uh, they say, like, how, what are you talking about? Like, we have to show you good food. We have to show you good food, this and that. It's, I will clarify that it's not that I don't like food in England. I don't like English food.
1: Okay. What about like a scone with clotted cream? That's really good.
0: I have had.
1: Some what okay about English food. fish and chips? Uh,
0: fish and chips are fine, but I mean, I'm not... What about
1: Yorkshire pudding?
0: No, I don't <laughs> care about Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's the fact that I don't love English food. Now, I've had really good food in England. Most of the really good food I've had has been... It's like going to New York City or London, any of these big cities. It's going to have a, a ton of, of different inter- ethnic national, food, yeah. international food. It's going to be really good because you've got a ton of people coming there. Um, so that's what makes it fun. There are some places that we really like in London. That being said, so let's get into that. Your favorite place, and actually, when we had a friend who was say, who was coming into London, she goes, "I'm gonna, I have a layover in London for twelve hours. What should I do?" Heather gave her like the perfect twelve hour itinerary, and it started with with this:
1: with going to Borough Market, which our great friend Bobby told us about the second time we were in London, and he took us there, and it's just a great market. It's mostly food. It's not really a lot of arts and crafty stuff, but it's just a lot of food vendors and you can basically get any type of food there. And it's really awesome to walk around. It's kind of like, you know, it's right downtown. So it's a really cool market it's to be on the south
0: side of the river. Right? right.
1: And one of my favorite places to eat is a fish and chips place. It's just called fish exclamation um, point. And I've eaten the fish and chips there at least two times. And they're just really good. Really, you know, tasty, good fries.
0: Yeah, and Borough Market is under a bridge, or like kind of in this area. That's, I guess, it's not technically under a bridge. It's very easy to find. It's right across the river on the south side. Uh, I don't know if they call it the south side. They probably have a better name for it <laughs> than that. But uh, there's also a really awesome craft beer bar right outside there, which we met. Um, some EPop listeners at uh, Tim and Natasha and their kids, which is really fun actually hanging with them at the Borough Market. This was the third time we went to London, and there's a place called Rake, and it's one of the smallest bars in London. It's it's tiny, but they all, they have an outdoor patio now, but they're not including an outdoor patio. <laughs> but the, the actual bar is really small. It's called Rake, and they have really really good good craft beer. So if you're looking for a great craft beer place, Rake is right there. Um, in I guess technically in Borough Market, right, kind of around the corner. So check that out. Um, it's just a fun spot to go get different types of food, try different types of food. They have a donut guy there who will tell you that he has the best donuts in the world. They were good. They were pretty. They good. weren't the best in the Lots world. Lots
1: of coffee vendors. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's place just to a great place. Get your
0: hair cut. Co- I mean, there's everything. Great
1: place to wander around. Cool
0: outdoor market. Um, another really cool place to go and our buddy Bobby took us here the second time we were there, and we didn't get to go back the third time, which I'm kicking myself for now, is Brick Lane, and Brick Lane is where you need to go for Indian curry and Indian dishes, and if you know anything about the UK and about London, you know, their national dish is Indian curry, basically, <laughs> right? I mean, they love it, and they'll eat it all the time, and, and we love it, so Brick Lane is just this area, This it's one road, I mean, it kind of has some tentacles to it, but with just I don't know. I don't a know if it's hundreds, of but shops, lots, of, a lot
1: of Indian restaurants. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's a really cool experience, and it's a different part of the city. So head up there, pick one. I'm sure there's some that people recommend. I don't remember which one we went to. I don't it was there, awesome. but they're
1: all they're all going to be really good. So and, and basically, Indian food in general in the UK is really good. So that's always a safe bet to get a good meal.
0: Fancy an in Indian. That's how they ask if you want to go get Indian food, which seems a little weird. Fancy an Indian? I'm like, no, you have to say, do you fancy getting Indian? Do you want Indian? No, fancy an Indian. I I fancy an Indian right now. Indian food's bang.
1: You just ate sushi. Yeah, well,
0: (laughs) I'm always hungry.
1: So, one of my favorite things to eat no matter what country we're in is pizza. So, of course, when we were in London, we had to find the best pizza place, and this place was like a brick oven, you know, really nice fresh sourdough pizza, and it was called Franco Manco or Franco Manca.
0: Franco Manca. With an
1: A and an A. M A N C
0: A. I think they have two locations now. I think now.
1: so. Um, but we went here, and again, our friend Bobby, who lives in London, recommended this place to us. We all went, and the pizza was super delicious. They do
0: a sourdough crust, which is a little unique, and it, it doesn't really taste you know, just that sourdoughy, but like, it's pretty good. Yeah,
1: it's really good. And the only thing that I would say is that if you like to add like the spicy pepper oil on your pizza, just be careful because. Go easy. It was really spicy. At least the bottle that we had, was Heather and really Bobby. Spicy. This guy
0: said this is really spicy oil. They're like, "Oh no, we love it, we love it." They both dumped it on. I didn't put any on because I'm, like, I'm going to see how this goes. Right? <laughs> they took one bite. And we're like, we were dying. This is a little <laughs> we too much. Were and dying. both the both of them love spicy stuff. So. I just go easy on the spicy oil at Franco Manca, but it's affordable. I think pizzas are like seven pounds to nine pounds. You know, personal size, they're good. So if you want pizza and you want something a little different, um, you know, rather than like takeout type pizzas, just sit-in place, uh, Franco Manca, a really cool place that we ate at, and. This was recommended to us, I think, by someone from EPOP. So if you're listening, appreciate it. I can't remember who. I'm sorry. can't shout you out. But someone told us to go to the cafe at the v um, and Victorian, Victorian Albert, Albert museum, museum, which we'll get into why that's such a cool museum. But spoiler alert, I think it's Heather's favorite. <laughs> and they, they're like, go to the cafe. It's got good food. And there's this cool dining area, like dining room with this really amazing like domed roof and tiled stuff. And we went there and the food is like pretty affordable, you know, and, and it's it was really a really cool
1: good. spot. It's almost like going to the food bar at Whole Foods. Everything was really nice and fresh and kind of healthy. And you could just pick from a lot of different options. So usually you don't think of going to a museum and actually eating there. It's kind of a last resort. But right. honestly, if you're planning to go to the v Plan to go for lunch and eat there because they have also outdoor seating if you're there in the summer that's really beautiful and the food was awesome
0: it really was and a lot of choices i mean like 10 different little areas of different foods you could get it was it was pretty impressive for a museum we also ate at a place if you want cheap asian food this was in the midst of a bit of a craft beer drinking binge when we were kind (laughs) of just we had a big group we were hopping around with different people to uh, to to go out and someone recommended this place called Hare and Tortoise. I, I think again, there's like three or four of them in there's the city. Quite a few,
1: it's and, like and a it's local just like, chain.
0: yeah, cheap Asian food. Sushi was decent. Uh, different types of Asi- Asian noodle dishes, some curries. It's not going to win awards for the best food ever, but it was a cool little spot to go in get something quick. Um, and you know, it's pretty decent.
1: Absolutely. Then another place which is a really good vegetarian option is called Mildred's restaurant. And
0: we did not get to go here unfortunately. This was right when we were going to the play in Soho. But we walked in and then we didn't go because we got this stuff from a street cart which was fine, but everyone would recommend Mildred's. We didn't think we had time. Super cute place, all vegetarian.
1: Yeah, the food looked really good from what we could see. So, it's highly recommended by a lot of people. So, especially if you're vegetarian, but even if you're not, check out Mildred's Restaurant.
0: Yeah, and we wanted to give you that recommendation. Uh, You know, 90% of the time, it's places we have gone and eaten at and can vouch for. But um, that area of Soho has a ton of different restaurants. And, you know, some are going to be really good and some are just going to be okay. But Mildred's, if you are there, if you are seeing the show, if you're downtown, you find yourself there, go check it out. Let us know if it really is as good as everyone else says it is because that was our... Uh, that wasn't my, I want to go back to London to do, wish we had done, but that could be like a mini <laughs> wish we had done. The one other thing I wish we had done, we're going to throw this on here too. This is a really cool thing. Here's a coffee shop and a cafe. Again in Soho, we were trying to get here and we just didn't work out with timing, but there's a place called The Attendant. And the reason I want to go to The Attendant is because...
1: It's a coffee shop and cafe, which is in an old public urinal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it just looks really cool so they took this old public bathroom and they turned it into this really cool coffee shop and cafe and i just thought that, that would be really really neat mm. to go see
1: how hipster of you
0: but we didn't get to do it so also hop to the attend and check that out shoot us a picture on twitter at pack of peanuts
1: at sartorial stripe
0: and uh and let us know because i'm going when we go back
1: yeah, we're going. I'm going to Absolutely. the attendant. Absolutely, first stop. First, first stop. St- first stop, the attendant.
0: <laughs> um, sexy driver, if you were going for <laughs> me, though. Take me to the attendant immediately. And
1: Trav doesn't even like coffee.
0: I don't, but... Anyone have anyone that does something like repurposes a building like that and it's funky? Sure. You got to go out of your You got to gotta check it. it out. Speaking of coffee, though, there is a place that Heather went and had some surprisingly very good coffee.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously had coffee a few times out at cafes in London. And usually f-
0: just okay though, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they don't, their coffee really, game's not super on
1: point. I'm sure it is. We just didn't, it wasn't really our main focus because there's so much to do in London that my first concern really wasn't finding the best coffee shop as it Shame. normally is. I, I know, but we had, we packed a lot in. But the one place I really did like a lot was called Beanery Green, which is, next to Liverpool Station, so the tube station. If you come out of Liverpool Station, there's like this outdoor area that you kind of have to walk up some stairs to find. It sounds confusing, but you'll probably see it if you're there. And they have, you know, just like a couple restaurants and things. And this was just in the middle of that outdoor space. And they make green juices and, you know, some healthy foods and also really, really good coffee. Yeah,
0: what was interesting is we were going to go... Get Heather coffee. We were actually heading on our way to Burrow Market to meet Tim and Natasha this time, and Heather's. Like, I'm like, oh, well, let's get coffee in Burrow Market, and she didn't want to wait. And I turned well, around. No, but
1: the headache, the caffeine headache, is coming on if you don't get your coffee early enough. I was like, please, just let me get coffee.
0: Right. So I we were walking on the station. I turned around. She's not there. I'm like, what is going on? You know, there, this it's this outdoor courtyard. I'm like looking around for. Her. I see her at this coffee. I'm like, she's getting coffee from this like coffee stand basically and thinking we're going to borough Market, there's gonna be all these great coffee places and I'm I kinda scold her. I'm like, first off, where were you going? I'm like a little <laughs> kid like you walked off without me. But I'm like, why are you wasting I coffee getting in here? It was she's gonna like, be good. I can tell it's gonna be good. And then she had it and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is the best coffee we've had in London. So beanery Green by Liverpool <laughs> Station. I wouldn't know. I don't like coffee. But I do like beer. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about uh, a few cool places to drink. And we already um, we, we already mentioned one, which was Rake, which was by Borough Market. Really cool craft beer place. But my favorite place. So if my first stop when I come back to London is to go to the attendant and just like...
1: Not drink coffee there. Not
0: drink coffee, but see a public here and it'll turn it into a coffee shop. My second stop and probably my favorite place in the entire city of London is... Really? Ye- yes. This place is great. It fits, it checks every box of stuff that I love. And I'll get into why. Ye Old Miter Inn. It was built in 1291, all right? And it used to be like a little um, place for the monks, I believe. So it was built in 1891, so it's really old. It's been a pub since 1547. It is tiny, so I love that. It is very old, quite possibly uh, London's oldest pub. Check number two. Also, it is really, really difficult to find. And by that, I mean even if you know where it is, you're probably going to struggle to find it. So I will explain it a little bit, but it is back this tiny alley. So there is an area called Cambridge. So there's an area called Eli Place, E-L-Y Place. It is the last private, check number three, fun story. It is the last (laughs) privately owned street in London, okay? So it's this street that has this gate on it that it's private residences back there, okay? And it's just one street. So it's like a gated community in in the center of London, and it's privately owned. You have to go through that gate, and then there is a tiny little path to your left, and you turn up that little alley. And tucked back here is this is this place called the Ye Old Mitre Inn. Fun fact. <laughs>
1: Another fun Since fact. Since it's
0: privately owned, what happens is, and what used to happen. Is that when people would like rob an area around there or they commit a crime, they could run into Eli Place and the police of London to this day are still not allowed to go into Eli Place and apprehend anyone. So they used to so run in unique. there and so go back that alley to the bar and be safe. Travis so. is
1: literally glowing right now, in case you can't tell. The ye
0: old miter <laughs> in. Such a cool place, tiny little place, awesome story. If you're if police are chasing you, <laughs> run into the ye old Miterin. There are Cambridgeshire police, like there are police for that little Eli place uh, neighborhood. It's not even a neighborhood, it's one street. But I'm guessing there's probably one and he's probably not even gonna know what's going on. So um yeah.
1: <laughs> Safe bet there. Safe
0: bet. Ye old mitorin, go find it. It is it's a very cool awesome. spot. Another place that's really cool and really old is actually right by the borough market. And when you were giving Marissa are, hey, here's 12 hours in London, go do this. You recommended she go here.
1: Yeah, so when our friend was in London, basically, I will give you a really short recap of the 12 hours in London. In case you're only there for 12 hours, basically like get into central London. Um, I can't remember what station we told her to get off, but basically you want to go to the Tower Bridge, which is not the London Bridge, but it's the bridge that you always think of when you see London. It's actually called the Tower Bridge, and it has like the really big, huge... You know, stone columns, stone columns and it's blue and it's so cool. So you walk across that bridge and then you walk down to the next bridge, which is where the borough market is. You hang out in the borough market and then you go to the George Inn, which is right next to the borough market. And it's just this really cool Pub. I mean, it used to be a coaching inn. I Travis said I think that it's from the seventeenth century. Seventeenth century, so not as old as ye old miter, but still pretty old and cool, and really very cool. quintessential like London pub.
0: I think you can still stay in it. I'm not sure. That would be really cool. I'm not sure if they still do have the rooms for for rent there, but it is. It's it's what in you everything you imagine an inn would look like in London in the seventeenth century. Is this place? Obviously, they've redone it to, to make it look nice and and like rehabbed it, but it, it's kept its charm. It's just a really, really cool place and it is right by Borough Market. So go have a pint there, sit outside. They have tables. Kind of want, you're allowed to like wander in. And yeah, you know, I, I, of course, like poked in. I think I walked upstairs. I was like walking on the little decks. It's just, it's a really sweet spot. So I head to the Georgian. So that was the first part of the 12 hours. And then uh, we'll kind of when we get to activities, we'll give you the second part of what we told Marissa to do in the twelve hours. But we'll keep with a the beer theme here. There's a another cool place if you're into craft beer called the Craft Beer Company. They're not mincing words there, and there are multiple ones around the city. It is expensive. I remember paying like eight pounds for like a pint, you know, which is like 10, 11 U.S. dollars. That's for some of the more expensive ones, like their double IPAs and all. So it's a little expensive, but they have a ton of different craft beer. So if you're into trying, a lot of different craft beers, especially a lot of UK-based craft beers, you can head to the Craft Beer Co. We went like two different times to two different ones, but I think they have six or seven branches now. Yeah. So cool cool spots.
1: Then also, if you really want to try an actual brewery, because London and the surrounding areas have... A- a few breweries which are really good. Our favorite one was Beavertown Brewery. We didn't actually go to the brewery, but we had their beer out and about in London.
0: Yeah, because one of the things with tap rooms and breweries there is it just doesn't make sense for them to have tap rooms open, like going to the brewery and drinking at the brewery for various reasons and various laws and all, but they just, you know, you can get their beer in other places. But Beavertown, one of which did have some of my favorite beer in the UK does actually have a tap room at their brewery. It's only open Saturday at this point. Hopefully they expand their hours, but it's only open Saturday from 2 to 8 p.m. And this is a little bit outside of the center city of London, but if you're there on a Saturday... uh, from the few people I talked to that actually have gone to their tap room. They say it's a really cool experience. They have food trucks. It's what you would expect like a tap room would be like in the States and kind of that feel. So Beaver Town's trying to recreate that. Of course, they're only open for six hours though. So you got to get there Saturday, <laughs> 2 through 8 p.m. But you'll be rewarded. Um, and, that, and that would be really cool. Now, we've talked about eating and drinking, and that is, those are activities in itself and some of our favorite activities. But of The thing with London, and one of the reasons we don't have as many eating and drinking recommendations, and if this is your first destination diary, you're probably thinking, wait, you (laughs) don't have that many? That was a ton. Typically, we have have even more. more. It's because there's so much stuff to do that doesn't even revolve around eating and drinking in London, and it's so much fun that... Our eating and drinking took a little bit of a backseat Or maybe it was tied with activities
1: Yeah, and it was more that, you know We were going to plan around what we wanted to do And then the food came secondary So it's kind of like, oh, let's grab a bite here Oh, there's a, you know, street market here Well, it, So we didn't do a lot of really amazing, like, sit-down meals
0: Whereas if you listen to our Barcelona Destination Diary episode
1: We ate Everything
0: well. took a backseat to eating and drinking Everything revolved around that So go check that out if you're into Barcelona Or just good at eating and drinking when we start with activities in London, you really have to start with the museums. And that's twofold. One, almost all of them are completely free. So ding ding-ding. Huge winners right there. It's
1: so amazing that a city the size of London can have free museums because, I mean, of course, you can give donations and, and all of that, but you know, you go to some cities and you're spending twenty to thirty dollars just to go see that museum but in london so many of them are free and we and, and even for the whole of
0: the uk i mean and when we were uh, we saw we went to a lot of free museums it's yeah a,
1: throughout the whole country yeah. so um some of the ones that we have been to include the tate modern which is along the thames river so you can kind of do a walk which we'll talk about um a little bit later and pop into the Tate Modern. It's pretty cool. I mean, we went there a few years ago, so I don't remember vividly um, everything we saw in there, but it was definitely interesting and unique. It's modern it's art. It's very so. modern
0: art, which is cool. And some people love it and some people hate it. But even if you're not a huge modern art fan, I think it's fun to go in. And again, because they're free, that's one of the things I love about it being free and you just getting to donate. If I walk into like the Tate Modern, I don't feel like I have to spend hours. No. There. If I walk in and run around, not run around, but like kind of walk around for an hour, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is neat. Okay, I've had my fill and go. And I remember actually really enjoying the Tate Modern. Yeah. I do like modern art. I'm not Definitely. a huge art fan. But-, but
1: it's like as opposed to when you go to the Louvre and you're spending a lot to go and you feel like you have to spend five hours there right, to get to- your money's worth. To see everything. And I mean, these other ones, you can just pop in and... Anyway, the Tate Modern is a really cool museum. Um, I also love the National Gallery. I remember
0: we went here the very very first time we went to London. I think that was the only museum we went to the first time. We were only here for like two days. Two days, days, yeah. And I just was... A, I I didn't know everything was free, so I was completely shocked. (laughs) And B, I this thing is
1: huge. And it's
0: got a cool area that you can sit out on and, and... look out over the city just a, i just remember very good memories of being there i don't yeah, even remember what i saw in it because it's kind of
1: a famous like the national gallery's famous and they have you know the famous architecture outside and the fountain and all of that and it's really awesome so definitely go to the national gallery even if you don't have time to go in go to that square and but if you do have time to go in they have a lot of classic art there so it's a lot of you know Renaissance and older, older art. So it's, it's really cool. There's a lot of famous stuff in there. It's a great museum.
0: One of my favorites was the British Museum. And this, I I, I don't know, I never know which ones are the most famous or the most well known. I guess we should look this up, you know, attendance for these museums, because they all kind of in my head, you have National Museum, British Museum, like which which? But the British Museum was awesome. And we went this last time. And what I loved specifically about the British Museum is they have all these different rooms and they have these free tours. So for example, they have a a whole, not not a wing, well, it's kind of a little bit of a wing of of Japanese stuff. And so they they have like a 45-minute tour. And so all day long, they're doing these 45-minute tours of different parts of it. So we went to the Japanese wing and we got this 45-minute tour of just That one, And then, you know, if we wanted to later, you could get this 45 minute tour on this other area. So all day long, they have these cool little pretty quick tours. We were there's only four people on our little on our tour again, totally free. And we got shown around the Japanese ring and we got to understand it a little better and ask some questions more than just reading it. And they have like a really cool Sam, you know, a samurai exhibit. So that was what I liked is that it's not super lengthy, you can pick and choose what you want. And on top of that, they have that really cool room. I can't remember what they call, it, but where the they have a basically go find the statue of the uh, M- M- moai, moai, the one the big statues on Easter Island, right? There's mm-hmm. big rock formations. They have one of those, which is like front and center, the centerpiece of this one room. And it, they do just they just have, have this,
1: really cool exhibits. in Yeah, them. it
0: was like how people. What do they call it, how people? Like survive around the world, so they had all these exhibits of like the the Native Americans who are living like way high up in North North America, up in Canada and Alaska, and like they had um, their kayaks and the pelts that they wore, and it was just a really awesome room. And I think it changes the exhibits, but. I don't think they moved that big Moai statue (laughs) out of there. I think that's always it. So just some really cool pieces. Yeah,
1: definitely a really cool museum. I think that it would appeal to a lot of different tastes. And I think for children, too, there was definitely a lot of cool things that they would like. Um, However, my absolute favorite museum, and I can't believe it took me three times to go to London to go here for the first time. That is the Victoria and Albert Museum.
0: The V&A. The
1: V&A. And the reason that it's my favorite is because there's a lot of fashion history in there, but yeah. there's also a whole textiles wing where they have textiles from all over the world, but a, a lot of you know Southeast Asian textiles, which are and African textiles, which are some of my favorite and it was just amazing. I absolutely loved this museum.
0: I really liked it as well. I kind of thought going into it oh, this is going to be a Heather Museum, and it's all going to be about fashion, and I'll like it a little bit, but it was really neat. Again, they have it all split up by different um, you know, different parts of the world, which is really cool, so you can pick and A lot of these museums are pretty big, and you would spend a whole day in them if you were going to see everything, but you could pick and choose pretty easily. They also have really cool exhibits, so at that point... They were doing one about the history of underwear. And and these you actually do You'd pay. It's like pay $15. For. bucks. they are special exhibits. They're doing one about the history of underwear. They were doing one about... The history of music something or something like to do with the Beatles or something. It, it, so they bring in some really, really cool stuff. And uh, the v and it, it shocked me. A, the food shocked me. It was good. <laughs> but also it was a really neat museum. So, uh, you know... You you can find a list of all the London museums. Those are just a few of the ones. We've actually popped in some other ones as well that are cool. But you know, there's there's not hundreds, but probably uh you know at least fifty museums that you could go to in London all free. So pick the ones that you're interested in. There's also smaller ones, and then just pick and choose what you want to go see. And because they're free, yeah, pop in for an hour, leave, go to the next one. It's a pretty cool thing to do in London. It's it's probably one of the things to do in London. Absolutely. One of my favorite things, actually, well, I'm not going to give it away, but I I really loved doing this in London. And this was going to see shows. And again, not typically a theater museum person. I I like both of them, but we don't plan our trips around that stuff. But in London, we did two things. We went and saw two different types of shows, and both of them blew me away.
1: Yes. Well, we've seen three shows, but- Right,
0: right. Yeah,
1: yeah, but the two shows that we loved, the first one was in the Globe Theater. So, not the original Globe Theater, because that burnt down right
0: well this is where the globe theater shakespeare's globe theater was and it something it burnt down but they've recreated it
1: so it feel you know they've recreated it so it's just like the original globe theater and it has you know like the open air section and you can literally get tickets for five dollars i think for the standing room you know in the dirt floor standing room only we saw a show there this was, you know, a couple of years ago.
0: Titus Andronicus? Yeah. So it's all, I believe it's all Shakespeare plays. I'm I, pretty I'm sure. i 99% sure yeah. of that. And it's right on the, on the walk, right by yeah, the Thames, Yeah, it's right on too. the Thames.
1: So it's a great place to stop in and see a show. It's really cool to be in the standing room only, even though... Of course, you have to stand the whole time. And
0: they're usually about two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. And also it's open in that part. So if it rains, which it was raining only lightly, though, while we were there, you will get wet. So <laughs> it's really cool, though. And in the actors, you know, the, the it's everything's really done. The production is amazing. And you do kind of feel like you've walked back in time a little bit because it's the Globe Theater.
0: It's the Globe Theater. It's five bucks. It was cool to get rained on. They have these little kind of um, pieces of cloth that hang above you. So it's not like you're getting dumped on. I mean, if it was raining hard, you would be getting soaking wet. But they come out. I thought the standing room only tickets, not just because they're five bucks, that's benefit. But I thought they were the best, quote unquote, seat in the house, even if you have a seat. Because the actors were coming in from behind you. Like, you were basically part part of of the production. It's cool. Yeah, they were coming up next to you. They're like Doing stuff with fire, like right right there, because they're coming off the stage and into the crowd there if you're in the standing room only. So, five bucks for a ticket. Yeah, our legs were tired at intermission. You know, we were all kind of like squatting down <laughs> and, and trying to like rub our legs, to make sure they weren't falling asleep. But, well worth it. So much fun. Of course, if you can't stand for two and a half hours, you can also get tickets, I think, 20, 25 bucks. But we got $5 t- standing room tickets that day. I don't know if they're going to be available every day, all the time, you know, because they only have a set limit. So you might want to book in in advance, but you could also, if you haven't booked in advance, just rock up and and see. Um, One of the highlights of our second trip to London was that $5 standing room ticket. Absolutely. This last time, though, we went to Soho. Um, and, you know, they have every show you can imagine, every theater production you can imagine. It's like being, it's like Broadway, where they're going to have it all come through. So they have The Lion King. They have... Um,
1: Beauty and the Beauty Beast. and the Beast. I mean, they have everything.
0: One of Phantom the,
1: of the Opera, probably. Sure.
0: We really wanted to see Book of Mormon, because we had heard it was awesome. And um, it, it really was awesome. If you like crude, making fun of people... Musicals, well, <laughs> then you will like Book of Mormon. But what's cool about seeing shows, I mean, they have, again, I'm not going to guess the number of theaters, but they have at least 20 theaters there, all with different shows playing. What most of them do, especially ones that are more expensive Book of Mormon, Lion King, all those ones that are really big budget productions, is they do raffles. So, this is a cool little travel hack. They do raffles two hours before the show where you can enter to win free tickets right? Or it's $20 tickets. $20 tickets. You can enter to win $20 tickets. So let's say Book of Mormon normally costs $90, you know, and there's different price tiers, but $90 would be an okay seat there. You can enter to win these $20 tickets and you have to enter, you have to get there two and a half hours early. You put your name in, they draw two hours early. And if you win, you get $20 tickets and the $20 tickets are right there. Like you're in the middle You're, and I think they raffled it off to, what, 20 different people? Yeah, it wasn't just one people. person.
1: It was quite a few people. So yeah. your chances are pretty good of winning. Yeah, And w- you can put, if you want just one ticket or if you're with a friend and you put down two people. So if they raffle off your name and it says two people, the person you're with gets to go with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's a great deal. It saves you a ton of money. And, you know... Obviously, anyone can enter the raffle. So if you go to a, like a Wednesday matinee, there's going to be probably less people there trying to get in the raffle. And if you go on a Friday night when everyone else wants to go, we went on a Wednesday matinee. We didn't win the tickets. But what they did do then, they said, okay, well, do you guys want to buy tickets? We're like, yeah, how much are they? Thinking they'd be 90 bucks? Like 40 bucks. I don't know why they were 40 bucks. I guess they hold some off to be raffled for 20 And then if there's any available still... They, yeah, they give so them for a discount. so we just got
1: lucky and they were, I think, yeah, under $50.
0: And we were dead in the middle, maybe like six, seven rows off the stage it was awesome. So definitely if you're looking to save a little money, it's kind of a fun experience to try to win raffled tickets. And even if you don't, you might be able to get cheaper tickets anyway. So go see a show in Soho, whatever show you want. I We went and saw another one. The Curious Case of the Missing Dog. I don't know. It was not near as good as Book of Mormon, but there's tons of shows for every age group and type of person and all that.
1: Definitely a super fun way to spend an afternoon or evening. So we mentioned going to the Borough Market quite a few times. There is another market in, um, I think it's in Camden, part of London. It's called the Camden Market. And that one is less food and more shops and kind of weird eclectic shops so it's a very kind of bizarre market but it's really cool to walk through and just kind of people watch and see what type of shops are there and
0: it's a really happening part of the city um it's this young vibe uh vibrant part of the city definitely if you're going to camden market pop in a cyber dog it's like no shop you've ever seen we'll leave it at that Actually I'll I'll give you one little teaser. If you want to buy like neon green rave pants or jackets <laughs> or goggles or anything like that, just head to Cyberdog, check it out. It's it's a, a
1: little pop of London's counterculture.
0: Yes, yes. Um a few of the big things, of course, that you want to see when you go to London and if you've been there a few times and even we had been there a few times we still went and did most of this anyway because just to it's like just like
1: walk to them yeah, you know we just, didn't always go in but there are the things the iconic things that you want to see when London. you go to London including Westminster Abbey yep. the London Eye which is the it's not like a Ferris wheel. I mean, it is it's like It's the that, big but, wheel
0: that they built, what, 10, 12 years ago that but dominates it has, the skyline. Yeah,
1: but it has pods. So you're completely enclosed and like 20 people can be in each pod. So it doesn't feel scary at all, even well, if you're afraid of heights. Travels I was afraid to go nervous. on it.
0: I did have a one-year-old with me when I we went to London the very first time. Not not mine, but a <laughs> friends. friend's one-year-old. And I was like holding on to the one-year-old because I was afraid to go on this London night because it's pretty high. Once you get on, it's not
1: that bad. Anyway, yeah. it's cool. It's a really fun way to see the whole cityscape. So, I mean, I definitely would recommend it yeah, if, yeah. You, if you've never if you've never been there. And then after we did the London Eye, we actually hopped on a little river cruise because you can pick it up right there next to the London Eye. So you could do that too if you really enjoy seeing the city from a river. Um, that's also a really fun thing to do.
0: Yeah, and it's all right there, like kind of stuff we're talking about. So to give you a little more of the twelve-hour itinerary, as you mentioned, you know, if you go to Tower Bridge, and maybe you go, you you can obviously go in and and walk around. That'll take you an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long you spend. But then you go over the Tower Bridge, you hit Borough Market, you hit those areas that we were talking about. You hit the George Inn, ye old Miter Inn might be hard to get to for it's on in, the other side. In, of the river. in twelve hours, yeah. unless that's like you make it your mission, which. I would do. But but then you walk <laughs> along the Thames and you know you could go see a show at the Globe. It's two and a half hours. It's right there. Walking along the Thames itself is an awesome, awesome experience. You, you have the London, you're walking past all the bridges like the Millennium Bridge and all that. Then you have the London Eye right there. You can pop up that. And then you can walk across. I forget what bridge that is then that, t- you know, one of the bridges after the London Eye. You walk across that and, and then you're at Westminster Parliament Abbey and in in Parliament. Westminster
1: Abbey. And you know, it's just it's an awesome walk. So it's a really good way to see the whole cityscape of London because it's all kind of right there and you can see all that iconic stuff just by walking along the Thames. And a lot of it is pedestrian hey, kids, look. only. Big Ben Parliament. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it's pedestrian only. So, you know, you can have a really nice walk.
0: Yeah. So no matter how many times we go to London, we will always get back to that area, go see Westminster, go see Big Ben, get the same pictures we got the other two times, take them from the bridge. They always look cool. Um, And and on top of that, obviously, one of the other huge things that people go to London to see and to do is the changing of the guards at Buckingham Palace. Now, we did this the very first time don't think we then did it the second time and we definitely it's didn't do this third time it's pretty madhouse seen
1: it once you don't really need to see it again because the amount of people that line up to see it is intense and honestly i found it to be a little bit boring it's what? not it's not really like my thing so i mean if you really have a desire to see it it is cool but just be prepared for a lot of other people wanting to watch and like cram in you can't really see well because it's Closed off, so you're just behind the gates of Buckingham Palace, and it, so. it it's it's
0: way crazier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just assumed like I don't know. I think we were there on a weekday. Oh, there's not going to be that many people. You forget we were yeah. there
1: on a weekday in the middle of March.
0: Yeah, and it was it was mad So I I think you you should go see it if you've never been to London. If you've already seen it before, like we have not gone back to it again because there's a lot of other cool things. So those are our favorite things. Um, our favorite things to do when we're talking about being in London. Talk. Uh, you mentioned we were there in the middle of March. We're going to just give you a little brief overview of when we would recommend going. And I would per- personally recommend going when it wasn't raining.
1: Mm, good luck. <laughs> Not easy to do.
0: We lucked out this last time. So I had kind of poo-pooed on London the first two times you we there. Not that I didn't think it was cool, but I was like, I don't really get the big draw of London and, and we had had bad weather. The first time we went was in March. The second time we went was in May. The end
1: of May. So we're like in the almost summer. Yeah, And, and it, also really bad weather and cold. Yeah. So I was kind of just like, I, I don't know. What's the big hard. deal about London?
0: Then we went back this last time and we were there in September and we lucked out. I, we actually stayed weather. an extra four days because it was supposed to be sunny and we are glad we did. So we did a whole week there. It was magical when it was sunny and it was so much fun. So my recommendation is to go when it's not going to (laughs) rain.
1: But honestly, the best times to go are probably more in a shoulder season. So May, September, October is still really nice. Though it does start to get a little bit colder. I mean, the summer is probably great, too. We've never been there in the height of summer like July and August. Um, I don't think that the tube is air conditioned. I'm not sure. At least it wasn't when we were there in September and it was like 85 degrees that
0: it can get a bit rough. It
1: felt a little hot. But yeah, I think like September is an awesome time to go. That yeah. would be my first that, choice. So
0: far for us out of the three, we've been there three different months March, May, and September. September wins big time for us. Um, it, it, and again, you know, it's a big city. It's like New York, it's like any big city, Paris. There's always going to be a lot of tourists coming. So you're never going to say, oh, yeah, go here, and you won't be around any other tourists. But it's it's always going to be rammed if you're going to Europe in the summer, in July and August. So if you can get there in September, it's just nice because it will clear out some of the prices will drop, everything like that. Um, This wouldn't be a Destination Diary episode without our can't miss, our skip, and our wish we had done. So each one of us gets to give one of these And we don't know it ahead of time, so I'm very excited Mm -hmm. to hear, Heather, what is your can't miss? If someone goes to London, they just have to do this no matter what.
1: The V&A Museum. Is my I can't miss. I mean, yes, of course, you can't miss seeing Parliament and Big Ben in Westminster. You know, the really, really touristy things. I so mean, you're cheating which,
0: a little bit. You're saying well, they should do that. But, no,
1: but everyone's going to do that. I mean, even if you take a taxi ride, it's unavoidable. I mean, if you go to London, you don't see that. I don't know where you've been in London because you can see it from a lot of places in London. But if you're maybe gonna, maybe
0: you've been in Elephant Castle.
1: <laughs> maybe. maybe you've been up in White Hart Lane. Can't can't see any of that up in White uh, Hart okay. Lane. Okay, <laughs> but there's a lot of museums to choose from, and there's a lot of activities. And I have to say, Victoria and Albert is one of my favorites. I also, you know, know a little bit of history about Queen Victoria and her husband Albert, who obviously started it you know funded the museum, and. They were really cute and awesome. So I think that that also is like a nice draw to that museum and their, you know, philanthropy started it. And it's just super cool.
0: Uh, Heather was mentioning that I was glowing earlier. Now Heather (laughs) is glowing talking about the V&A. We all have our little favorites and my favorites, my can't miss. I'm going to cheat. Of course. It's our podcast. Come on. Give me a break. Uh, It also is a big city. So I'm going to give you two. One is you have to see a show. Whether that's in Soho or at the Globe Theater, go see a show. The Globe Theater is a much different experience, obviously. If you could only do one or you only had time for one, I'd say go to the Globe Theater, pay the five bucks, and do the standing room only just because it's something that you're it's not going to be able to do anywhere else. But yeah, if if you can see a few shows, and this is coming from someone who, you know, I'm not going to say I don't like the theater, but I'm, I'm not a theater person. Um, I would do that. My second thing is, if you can... Go to the Ye Old Mitre Inn. That place is awesome. <laughs> You're I'm cute. dreaming of it. The, the funny part is, it doesn't even have like good beer. They don't have craft beer. No. They just have like crappy British beer. Um, what?
1: That's kind of mean. <laughs> no. Well, all right. I'm just, well, they I would just call, have your typical British. Okay, beer. Okay. I would
0: call it crappy American beer. If I went to a bar and they had yeah. Bud Light. Okay. And, fair uh, enough. Fair and enough. Yeah. But like Miller, I, I don't Light even know if
1: they had a cider there. I, I guess can't what remember. I, they did
0: have a cider. I guess what I meant was they have very stip typical. They have very typical <laughs> pub beers, which isn't bad, especially if you're there on vacation. You just want to be like in an English pub. But I'm saying they don't have like the, I usually no. if I'm drinking like craft beer, so gotcha. they didn't have any of that. And I still loved you Minor. End. So head there. Um, all right, if someone's going to London, what's something that you're like?
1: Uh, you could skip this. So. Everything that we've mentioned on this podcast is amazing, so I don't think that you can skip any of it. The one thing I would skip is the second show we saw in Soho, which was that curious case of the missing dog whatever. It was so boring and so, so dull that I couldn't even watch the second part even it, though Trav said up. it got better. The second better.
0: part, it picked up. So but. if you're
1: going to see a show, just make sure it's worth it, that it's like a really good show. Because we were kind of like, after we saw the Book of Mormon, we were like, oh, we have to see another show. And I got a little obsessed I kind of wanted shows. to see like the Lion King or something like that. And Trav's like, well, let's see this one. It got really good reviews. And it's like this kind of obscure show. I hated it. So... Well I would've skipped that.
0: <laughs> also, it was a it was a play and not a musical. That's and true. I think going to musicals. More are usually a little more fun, at least for yeah. art, like for us, typically. So um, okay. Yeah, just pick a good show. Go see Book of Mormon, Lion King, any of those big ones, yeah. you'll have a blast. My skip, and of course I mean, I don't know if you will be able to guess this or not.
1: I don't. My skip
0: is the local food, and by the local food, I mean
1: bangers and
0: mash, and fish and fish and chips are okay. But again,
1: how much fish and chips? How much fish and chips can
0: someone eat? I mean, if you're Heather, you could eat every day. No,
1: not every. day. I don't need mushy
0: peas. I don't Mm. need bangers and mash. I don't need Yorkshire pudding. I I had some very good food in London, and we've already hit on that. But the thing that I would skip (laughs) was your typical tavern pub food in england fair enough i could skip that all right give me give me an indian i'll take an indian (laughs) over mushy peas any day all right what is the one thing that you wish we had done and that when we go back we obviously have to make it a point to do
1: this for me was pretty easy i thought of it straight away i would like to stay in kind of like a fun swanky hotel Somewhere conveniently located in London since we've never done it. I mean, of course, we love staying with our friends when that happens. It's really fun. We get to hang out with them and spend some quality time with them. But we've never stayed downtown in London or even um our friends stayed at the Ace Hotel in Shoreditch, which I don't know if you're familiar with Ace Hotel. It's, you know, based on the West Coast of the U.S. And they're just really cool and hip or something like that. I mean, I just kind of want to splurge and stay at a cool hotel and just feel like you know, a f- cool Londoner.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we get, have always stayed get
1: ready to spend some money. <laughs> we have always
0: stayed pretty far flung areas. Uh, my, my thing that I wish we had done is, and I can't believe we've, I cannot believe we've never done this sport, 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 sport. I love sports. And yet we have been there in the heart of one of the most soccer, cra- football, crazy places and I've never gone to a soccer match here. I, I wanted to go to White Hart Lane because I like Tottenham. We we're staying right by there. They didn't have a match at any of the days we were there. So I've never gone there. So if we go back, I'd want to go to White Hart Lane. I'd want to go to Wembley where the uh, where the English national team plays and is like an iconic stadium. Um, I'd love to go down to Wimbledon and actually go to, even if I didn't go to Wimbledon for the tennis matches and, and the tournament, I'd love to just go down and see it. Um, I we didn't go to the Olympic Park. I mean, there's so much sports in London and I've never done any of it. So Cool. That I, think would be, you're gonna,
1: I think that that's something you're going to have to do with your friends. Call up Bobby. Ring up Bobby. Yeah, I
0: think uh, <laughs> you you would love to go see. I, w- I the, would go the Olympic yeah. stadiums and stuff. And you and Wimbledon. Come on, everyone has to wear all white and be polite. Yeah, and drink I would like do Wimbledon. Forty dollars. Yes. What are the little things with the berries and cream on them? You know the the expensive cocktails and stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's a Pim's like, cup. If uh, well, I guess they do have Pim's cup, and I thought it was something else. That's like your scene right there. Yeah, right, sure. You're at sign Wimbledon. me up for that. Sign you me up. Wouldn't care about watching the tennis. You no. would just want the uh, scene. All right, so that's what we wish we had done, guys. If you uh, if you're going to London or if you've been to London and you're heading back, hope these um, hope these serve to these uh, these piece of advice serve to be helpful to you. Um, we, we've got a lot. We've done a lot of talking here. Uh, There's a lot of cool stuff to do in London. It is one of those.
1: great city.
0: It is a great city. It's much greater when the weather's nice. (laughs) So we will cross our fingers that if you're heading to London, you get some sunny days because for two whole trips when I was there, I I didn't really understand the draw. And then when we got those sunny days, I thought, yeah, this is one of the best cities in the world. So it is really, really fantastic. Um, If you like this Destination Diary episode, don't forget, I'm not going to read them all out, but we do have 19 other Destination Diary episodes. You can find them on iTunes you can find them on Stitcher however you listen to this podcast also we have everything we talked about here you know we, we gave you a lot of restaurants and places to stay and pieces of advice we have all that linked up in the show notes so remember you can go to slash h o w s i know you know how to spell it um, shows you can go we there love you can spelling things yeah out. you can find all our old episodes as there you can you can get the show notes for all of our shows That way,
1: if you're looking for a great carry-on size travel backpack, don't forget to grab your Tortuga.
0: Head on over to TortugaBackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That will get you 10% off your entire order. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We just talked about London for an hour. I want to get back to London now.
1: Well, we're going to be in in September. That's right. For another wedding. Another wedding, (laughs) and
0: hopefully we'll get some sunny days there. Thank you, guys, for joining us today. Thank you for making us... The number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time.
1: Happy free travels. I'll
0: show you very soon